You're about to hear a message that was preached at Calvary Fellowship in Miramar, Florida. At Calvary, we exist to help people take their next step with God. And we pray that this message helps you do just that. Good morning, Calvary. What's up? What's up? Hey, you made it through the tornado. You made it through all of it. Did your phones go crazy? In the middle of the service. Whoa, like we thought the droids were attacking. Anyway, hey, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Pastor George. I am the worship pastor here. Can we give it up for the band? Come Come on. Love it, love it, love it, love it. So we're going to start. We're going to have a great time today. Okay, great time. I want to start with a really, really simple question. How many of you, show of hands, hate going to the dentist? <laughs> right? Stop! Turn it off! Please, right? Who wants to go to that? Who wants to go to that? Nobody, nobody, no say. Does anybody like the dentist in here? Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. You came to the wrong church. I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so, hey, a few years ago, I got my very first cavity ever. Like, seriously, I made it like 30-something years, and I get a cavity. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, come on. Have you seen the size of my teeth? I'm like, they're strong, you know? No, I got a cavity. So I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to do? Problem is, I didn't have insurance. I really couldn't pay for it. I'm like, how am I going to do this? And someone told me that at Nova University, you can actually go there and have your teeth be taken looked at and all and worked on by the students. What can go wrong? <laughs> it's great. It's like, oh, but they're going to graduate soon. But they haven't graduated yet. But it's really cheap. All right, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. So I went, and I'm like, hey, how are you? My name is George. I have a cavity. Can you please fill it so I can be on my way with my life? Because, you know, and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow, slow down, slow down, racehorse, okay? You, we can't just, like, drill and do your thing. We have to take a look at your mouth and whatever. So what ended up being like a little cavity turned into six months of my life taken away from me that I could never get back, by the way. Okay? They had to do a root planing and, and deep dive and this and that. I mean, I, I, I'm surprised they didn't just give me dentures. Like, bro, your, your teeth are all jacked up. Just here. Just, you know? All of that, right? And it ended with the grand finale of having to take all four of my wisdom teeth out at the same time. Anybody ever been there? Anybody in there? Yeah. I know somebody in this room that's actually just, that just happened to them yesterday. Might be, anyway, so anyway. Yeah, it's the worst. It's the worst, right? You can't eat anything. It's all whatever. So I'm just like, all right, I get there. I'm like, all right, do you want, the, the, the lady was like, do you want us to knock you out during the procedure? Or do you want like laughing gas? Laughing gas is a little cheaper. And I was on that budget, you know what I'm saying? I was a college student back then. You know, I was like, let me get the laughing gas. I like to laugh. It's good, you know? And so, all right, you're all set, Mr. Martinez. We'll see you on the day. I'm, all right, cool. It's the day of the, of the procedure. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm not going to be able to eat for like a week. And if you know me, that is a very bad situation. So I was like, all right, I know what I'm going to do. I went to one of my favorite Mexican restaurants, and I had the biggest burrito. I mean, like, dude, it was like the, the, the Everest of burritos. It was so delicious. It was so good. I ate it clean myself up, show up to my appointment. The first thing the lady asked me, all right, Mr. Martinez, you haven't had anything to eat, right? <laughs> Funny you mentioned that. I actually had a burrito the size of Montana before. Like, what are you talking about? No one, t- no one told me I wasn't supposed to eat. Like, we can't give you laughing gas. I'm like, dude, that's not, no one told me. Like, well, we're going to have to reschedule. I'm like, no, no, we're not rescheduling anything. You guys have robbed me of six months of my life. And this is it. It ends today. It's like, well, if you're going to do it today, then all we can do is give you local anesthesia. You're going to be awake the entire time. And I'm like, let's go. Let's go. I'm ready. 
let's go, right? Stupid idiot. <laughs> anyway, so I survived, okay? But first, first of all, why do they got to make it so scary? Dentists are so scary. I go into this room. There's a single chair in the room. Super eerie, okay? This is your chair. I'm like, obviously. Then they strap your legs to the chair, and they strap your arms to the chair. I'm like, what is this? You know, and like, oh, guys, the sounds. Oh, the, oh. the circular saws and the, the cracking. And like, some of them were like attached to my jaw. Oh, gosh. It was, I wouldn't want that for my worst enemy, honestly. Like, right? Anyway, survived. It was all fine and dandy. Finally, I, I got my cavity filled and all of that. And um, I went to Walgreens afterwards because they prescribed like, I don't know, per- Percocet or one of those crazy drugs, right? And I'm in line. There's a few people in front of me. And the lady behind the counter is like this, and for some reason, this is what happens, right? She's like, sir? Sir, are you okay? And I'm just like, you know, I don't know, whatever. It's not me. She's probably talking to somebody else. Then the people in front of me turn around. They seem like, dude, just go. What do you need? Get your prescription. I'm like, what, 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 what? What's going on? What's going on? You know, I had no idea. I had been standing in line in Walgreens, and I was all numb, and there's like all this drool and blood all over me. As I'm waiting, he's like, oh, what's the big deal? You know? And all I could think about, honestly, all I could think, oh man, all I could think about was, I just needed a cavity filled, man. Like, how did this happen? Like, why am I here full of, like, come on, this is ridiculous. Like, I just wanted a cavity filled. Have you ever been there? I mean, not drooling the blood all over yourself on Walgreens, but I mean, have you ever made plans to do something and then just to, you make plans just to watch them like literally fall apart? Like, it's got to be one of the worst feelings in the world to watch your plans just literally disintegrate before your eyes. We've all done it. Maybe you planned a birthday party and then a tropical storm showed up. I did that, by the way, um, because I don't watch the news and I guess that, you know, but everybody showed up, by the way. And it it was for my, my, my wife's birthday and it was terrible. I mean, things like, it was horrible. Maybe you planned a wedding and we're not even going to get into that. All the husbands are like, Shh, please stop, 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 please, please. Right? Weddings are crazy. Uh, we've made plans for what our life, you know, what, what do we want our life to look like? We make plans for that. What do you, what do you want your career to look like? What do you, like we, it's okay to plan. But if you're like me, the last two years of my life has taught me one very important lesson. And that's that plans change, don't they? You know it. All of our plans have changed because guess what? You cannot plan for the things that you can't plan for. I mean, simple as that. There's no way we would have ever been able to tell each other, oh, in two years, this is, this is going to be crazy. No, no, no. There's no way we could have planned for any of this. And a lot of times when the heartache comes, when the trials come, when the, uh, the pandemics show up in our front door, right? All that stuff. That's when our faith gets tested. That's when our faith gets like shaken up a little bit. And we start wondering, we get frustrated, just kind of like how I was frustrated because, you know, like the whole laughing gas thing and all of that. We get frustrated and we wonder, God, are you even listening to me? God, are, do, these, do these prayers work anymore? And even some of us, I mean, if we're really honest, we might even struggle with the idea of like, God, are you, are you even real? Or like, what, what, do you have this under control? Like, what is going to happen? God, God, I, and you get all shaken up. My question to you is, what if, the problem isn't God. You see, what if the problem with our plans and our life and the things that we aspire to get and all that stuff, what if, 
What if you have to go a little bit deeper? Just kind of like my jacked up teeth, right? I just wanted the, 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 like the outside, the surface to get filled, the cavity. But they had, to, they had to die deep and clean all the nasty, get all that stuff out, right? It's the same thing with us. Because here, the Bible says it's okay to plan. Look, in your, in your outline, Proverbs 19 says, many are the plans in the person's heart. There's not a problem with that. But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails, right? So what would happen if we dug a little deeper today, in our short time that we have together, and we would start planning our future, planning things in, in our lives, all of that stuff, in a way that honors God more than it honors ourselves. I'm not talking about your annual, like, you know, New Year's resolution that you guys have not done yet. I know that because I haven't done any of mine. And it's okay. This is a safe place. You're safe here. I'm not talking about resolutions. I'm talking about something that's going to make you grow spiritually, something that's going to bring you peace in the midst of all this craziness that's going on right now. That's something that's going to stretch you to ultimately unlock the potential that God sees in each and every one of you that maybe you don't even see in yourself. That's what I want, okay? Because, I mean, I'm going to be really honest with you, okay? I am done with the last two years. I'm done. I know you are too. Amen, amen, hallelujah, hallelujah, right? Yeah, I'm done. I am done with the, the test and the this and the all the stuff. I'm just so done with seeing my family members get sick, losing family members. I am done with this whole thing. And what I want is not to sit here and go, because I mean, January hit me. I'm like, what happened in the last two years of my life? What did I even do? Like, what, did anybody feel like, like two years went like that? Gone. I don't want that at the end of 2022 for myself and for any of you in this room. I want you to look back at the end of 2022 and go, whoa, God did so much in me, in my family, in the people around me. I mean, man, that's the feeling that I want at the end of this. I want God's plan this year, not my own plan, because I know that, a, that his plan is abundantly better than anything that I could ever bring to the table anyway. And that's what our goal should be, to have his plan in our lives. So how do we honor God of our plans and align our plans to his plans? Our answer is found in your Bible. Of course it is, because it's always in the Bible, right? In the book of Acts, chapter 9, if you have your Bibles, you could turn there. We're going to be in chapter 9 of, of, of the book of Acts. We're going to be reading about the life of Saul of Tarsus. Say who? Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus is a Pharisee. Not only a Pharisee, if you remember what Pharisees are, Pharisees were like the elite religious group in Israel. Like they really thought they were too cool for school. Like, hey, I'm a Pharisee. What's up? You know, they walk around and be like, I know all 600 of the Jewish laws in the Torah. What have you done today, huh? You know, like they were just like, so like, I would, you know, like, give me a break. And they're always the ones that would always try to trick Jesus. Like, oh, you're, you're healing on the Sabbath. I'm like, you know, like, I, Jesus had so much more patience. If I was there, I would have been, forget it. You know, it was crazy. But anyway, he wasn't just a Pharisee. He was one of the most educated Pharisees. I mean, this guy was hardcore, okay? And he, um, he hated the fact that somebody named Jesus, some criminal named Jesus, they were talking about him. And they were saying that this criminal that hung on the cross, he was a Messiah. <gasps> to a Pharisee, that's ridiculous. That's blasphemy, right? Like, how can you say that? You're not religious. I am. You know, like I'm the Pharisee, right? And he hated the fact that there were these Christians and these people that were following Jesus instead of what the Torah said. Oh, you know, he needs to read that Torah a little bit better. Anyway, so he made a plan like we all do. He made a plan. What was his plan? His plan was to be fanatical about destroying Christianity in Jerusalem. 
and in Israel, and period, just around the entire world. He was going to go door to door, entering homes, imprisoning men, women, kids, didn't matter if they followed Jesus. And what we're going to see in Acts is that those plans changed. So let's, take it, let's start it in verse 1. Here's what it says. It'll be on the screen and in your outline. It says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of, Dam- of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, or following Jesus or a Christian, whether man or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. In that time, that meant he was calling him a stubborn ox, which is great. I love that, right? Anyway, keep going. So Saul, he, he was trembling and astonished. He said, Lord, Lord, Lord. What do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And then the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. He was blind. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. If you pause there, give me your attention. This is crazy. Talk about change of plans, okay? This guy was ready to go arrest anybody who followed Jesus, and Jesus himself shows up. Whoo-wee! That's crazy, right? So he had a plan. Jesus changes all of it, and at the end of it, he sits there on his knees. He's like, whoa, and he says, God, what do you want me to do? Instead of my plan, I want to know what you're up to, okay? What do I do? What do I do? And if you want to make your plans honor God this year, the first thing in your outline is this. Make plans with God's guidance, not your own. You need God's guidance if you're going to honor God with your plans. It's very simple. In Psalm 32, it says this, I, the Lord, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. But we don't do that sometimes. And this reminds me of a story. Um, So I've I've been a musician my whole life. And uh, For a while, about 15, 16 years, I was a professional studio musician. So I was able to work with a lot of really cool artists, some that are on the radio and stuff and all that stuff. And it was such such an amazing season of life. I learned so much musically and all that stuff. And well, one of the artists that I worked with, she was from Australia, this rock singer girl, lady. And uh, she calls me and she's like, hey, George, we're putting together a European tour. It's like six months. And you, you did the drums on the album, so we want you to play drums for the whole tour. Everything's paid for. You get per diem. It's a beautiful paycheck. I mean, you get to see the world. It was a dream come true. I mean, all my life, all I wanted to do was do that, you know, be on the biggest stages in the world and travel the world and all that. So I immediately, I go, yes, me, that's great. You know, like I got all excited, you know, and I start thinking like, okay, when I get to Spain, I'm going to eat this. And then when I go to here, I'm going to eat that. And it was all about food for some random reason. But I made all these plans, you know, and then here's the thing, slowly but surely, Things started to change. I got a call from the record label, like, hey, sorry, there's been a little bit of change of plans. The tour, we couldn't figure out the budget right. So instead of six months, it's going to be three months. And I'm like, all right, uh, well, that's cool. I'm still, I'm still down. Like, yeah, and it just kept on kind of changing. And here's the other thing is that at the time, I was a baby Christian. 
Okay, I had just recently received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, like a baby, like, like you know what I mean, like baby, yeah, like baby, right, exactly, you know what I'm talking about, right? So I was also the only drummer that Calvary had, and so if I left, I mean, they were going to be in a really bad situation, and then, like, you know, like, every, I remember playing every single Sunday and just praying, God, please, there's got to be somebody else that plays drums in this world, like, come on, you know? <laughs> no, no, I love serving God, it was awesome, but still... It, was, it put me in a, re- a weird situation, but I mean, this was, this was given to me by God. I mean, this is a dream come true. So anyway, a couple of weeks passed by, record label again. Hey, we, we hired too many musicians, so we're going to cut some of the musicians, but they're not going to cut the drummer because you need the drums, right? So I was still good. I'm like, all right, I'm good, I'm good. And now the tour again, another call. Now it's only three weeks long. I'm like, what is going on? This, my dream is crumbling before me. God, you gave me this. I receive it, please. You know, like, come on, don't take it away. Last phone call. Hey, the entire tour is canceled and we dropped her from the label i mean the artist lost her record deal i mean the whole thing fell apart i was so frustrated okay i mean i was like livid you know come to find out later people that attend this church some of the staff members of this church were praying the entire time that they would cancel that tour (laughs) i don't know why you're laughing because that's not very funny. How rude. I'm like, I, I'm like, how could you do that? They're like, do what? He's like, God heard your prayers. He didn't hear my prayers. Like, you know, like, give me a break. It's like, and you know, I was so frustrated. But here's what I learned, church. What would have happened if little Georgie, little Georgie baby Christian, right, would have gone away for six months living the life, everything paid for, hanging out with the artists and all of that. You know what would have happened? Little Georgie would have fallen big time. Because I was not prepared. I was not equipped in my soul to deal with the temptations of this world yet. And God knew that. And God knew that I was going to forget about him because I had already forgotten about him when I made plans to eat everywhere around the world, right? Never once did I stop and say, God, is this from you for real? God, what do you want me to do like Saul? That's the most important question that you can ask. And I can tell you right now, he changed my plans because he knew I wasn't going to give him glory. And because I wasn't going to honor him. And see, we need to commit our desires. We need to commit our plans. We need to commit our lives to him first. We need to seek his guidance first and ask that question, God, what do you want me to do? This applies in every single area of your life, in your finances. God, look at my finances. It's a disaster. What do I do? Sign up for Financial Peace University. <laughs> Was that God? Financial peace starts this week on the back of your connection card. Honestly, do you want to fix your finances or not? I'm not going to be on this for a while, but it changed my family's life. You're tired of being in debt? Tired of figuring out what to do with your money? Take Financial Peace University. Sign up today, right? What do you want me to do, God? Is he Mr. Right? No. Oh, okay, go this way, go this way. Okay, got it. Oh, but she's got to be Mrs. Right. I mean, come on, look at her. He's like, drama this way you know like right but now we go yo what's up girl okay and oh he's cute look at that car what you know we it's like our plans our plans our plans that we never stop to ask is this the right decision my kids are making terrible decisions god and i want to do what you want to do god help me to parent better you know like it's hard it's hard but honestly honoring god has to start with his plans before our plans if you want to see a difference in your life if you do not put God first in every area of your life, 
and you're just going to end up in Hialeah like me, you know? <laughs> I want to go to Europe. I was running away, well, I was running away from the picadillo and the ropa vieja and the olla cere, and I was done. <laughs> and he put me right back into it. I'm like, come on, man. 49th Street again, you know, like, come on, you know? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Just had to get that off my chest. <laughs> Here's what Proverbs 16 says. We can make our plans. There's nothing wrong with that. But the Lord determines our steps. And it's so true, man. So true. So let's continue the story to see what happens to Saul. Acts 9, starting in verse 10, it says this. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in the vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. I bet he, I bet he was. And in a vision, he, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias, I love this, answered, Lord, um, I have heard about many things about this man and how much harm he's done to your saints in Jerusalem. And, you know, he... Here he has a lot of authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said, don't worry about that. Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Pause there and give me your attention. Second thing, we want to honor God of our plans. We need to make sure we get God's guidance, not our own. Number two, make plans with others and not alone. Okay, I love how the story shifts from Saul to some random guy named Ananias. Who's Ananias, right? Some random guy. And I love it because Saul is literally blind, waiting in a room, complete darkness. What do you think he's thinking? He's like, I'm in trouble. I'm in timeout. This is, uh, this is not going to end well. I mean, I was, I was in charge of like persecuting the church. And now I'm here blind, not knowing what's going to happen. What is God going to do? And you know what I love about that? While, God, while Saul is freaking out about all of that, God is working, isn't he? Same thing in our lives, right? Sometimes we don't see the whole picture, but does that mean that God isn't working? Of course not. God's always working even if you can't see it. I mean, he's literally preparing Ananias at the same exact time because God knows he's about to change Saul's life forever. And if you, my friends, are trying to tackle another year, another year, by yourself, alone, without the help of others, without being in real community, without having fellowship, you're going to be sitting in the dark, waiting, waiting, and waiting for God. And I know you're probably thinking, whoa, George, George, that's, that's not me, man. I make plans of other people. Look, I'm at church. Look around me. I'm surrounded by people. Shouldn't community and people that want to encourage me and fellow, yeah, it's called Calvary Fellowship, isn't it? <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't that happen naturally when I come to church? No. You don't just make friends like, hey, how are you? You want to be friends? Sure, cool, let's go. You know, like, no, you don't do that. You have to learn to meet people and talk to people and all of that because it takes intentionality if you want real community in your life. Ecclesiastes puts it this way, it's the best. It says two are better than one. Okay, got that. Because they have a good return for their what? Their labor. What does that mean? Community, bringing people around, having plans of other people in your life that are going to encourage you, pray for you, actually care about you more than them, all of that stuff. It takes work. They get a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, guess what? One can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help 
them up. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to live life alone. No. Does anybody know what this machine is? Not all at once now, okay? Just any, anybody guess? Ultrasound, close? Who? It's a scope. Yes, it's a scope. It, no, it's okay. It's great. So this is a machine that they use for endoscopies. Anybody ever had an endoscopy done to them before? Mm. So for a long time, for like 25 years of my ridiculous life, I had a stomach issue that no one knew what it was, and it was... It was basically killing me, I, literally. I mean, like, I was losing weight. It was, a, it was a bad situation, really bad. And um, I went to doctors and doctors and this and pills and all this, the whole deal. And so finally, they got me an endoscopy. I had to get an endoscopy done. And so I show up, and I go, hey, how are you? My name is George, and I wanted to get an endoscopy done. Okay, cool. Here's your appointment. Show up. I show up on my day of the appointment. This sounds very familiar, by the way. And she's like, okay, Mr. Martinez, you're all set. Who's driving you home? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, we, we put you under, so you need somebody to drive you home. I'm like, why doesn't anybody tell me these things? Like, this is another medical procedure where someone tells me, like, this is a very important piece of information. It's like, I don't have anybody that can drive me home. He's like, well, we're going to have to reschedule. We're not rescheduling. It's so familiar. We're not rescheduling anything. And he's like, well, sir, if you're going to stay, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I could prophesy right now. I know what you're going to say. If you're, all we can do is give you local anesthesia. We can spray some stuff in your mouth. And then you got to swallow a four-foot camera. <laughs> Is there anybody that can take you home? I'm like, no, we're doing this right now. Let's go. Freaking idiot. You know, you idiot. <laughs> right? It was terrible. The doctor was, he was, I was I'm laying on my side, and he's like, he comes up to me, he's like, you doing this? I'm like, yeah, I am doing this. I have no choice. He's like, Okay, give me a big gulp. Here we go. And it's just like, whoa. And get, guys, when they make turns in your intestines, oh boy, that's, that's something. You know, I was like, ah, you're like you're, don't throw up on me. I'm like, you're like it's a bad situation. <laughs> it's a bad situation. <laughs> here's, the re- here's the reality. Here's the reality, though. It would have been easy for me to call somebody. Like, seriously, my heart was telling me, call your mom. Call your brother. Call your friends. They're not doing anything. They're like, come on. They can pick you up. My heart was telling me, reach out to others. But my pride said no. My pride said, I can handle this on my own. And we do the same thing when it comes to the things of God and when our plans don't go the right way and all of that. And our lives, when it comes to letting people in and being the church, like literally all of us, communal, like all that. No, we do the same exact thing. Our pride says, no, I've got this. I'm the only person going through this, so I, I'm, I'm not going to bother them. Here's what Romans 12 says. Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. It's true. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, you need me. Mm. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I need you. Yeah, single people, relax. Single people, not that type of church. Don't get distracted. We're trying to learn about God here. Okay, come on. Right? But it's true. A lot of times we're waiting around for God to show up. And what if God is preparing somebody to show up on his behalf? What if there's an Ananias, just like with Saul? What if there's an Ananias out there waiting to bless you? 
waiting to walk with you through this trial that you're going through because they've been through it. They've got the wisdom. They want to help you out. They want to lift you up. They want to encourage you, pray for you, all of that. But we're too busy going, no, 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 I can, I can do this on my own. What if you're the Ananias? What if you're the one that God's preparing to come alongside somebody? Both of those things require something, intentionality. It doesn't happen naturally. And we convince ourselves that, no, no, I, I don't want to bother anybody and all that. And we rob the people around us that want to bless us because we have convinced ourselves that, no, I, I've got this on my own. All you have to do is give them an opportunity and they'll be there in a heartbeat. Do you have people like that in your life? If you don't, then you have a humongous opportunity today because like Pastor Alex talked about, growth groups are starting. And you probably hear about growth groups all the time. Oh, little meetings here. Some of them are online. Some of them are in person, all that stuff. And it's not a coincidence because here's the thing. It's time, okay? If you've been waiting for like some type of sign, like, God, I don't know. I've heard about growth groups. Should I do it? And you're waiting for some type of like magical unicorn to float around the world, then guess what? I am your magical unicorn. Congratulations, okay? It's time to stop living alone, especially walking alone with God and walk together step by step with other people in your life. It is time today. Sign up today. I would not be here today if it wasn't for the people in my life that I met through these growth groups. Because when I thought that I hit a dead end, they told me, like, been there. Let me tell you what happens afterwards. When I wanted to throw in the towel because everything around me was crumbling apart and there was no way I was going to get myself out of this ditch, someone said, ooh, that's a, that's a nice looking ditch. But look at mine. Mine was even deeper, crazier. And look, I'm on the other side of that. That's what we all need. We don't need people to like, fight with. There's plenty of that out there. Go ahead and pick a fight all you want. I don't want to fight anymore. I'm done fighting people, right? I'm not a very good fighter anyway, right? But I want somebody that's going to love the Lord, love me, that wants to honor God, so that way when I'm trying to make plans, we'll honor Him as well. So today is the day. Please sign up for a growth group and find other people that are going to join you on this journey called life because we need it for sure. Amen? All right, let's continue the story. Let's finish it off. Acts 9, verse 17 says this, And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and Saul received his sight at once. And he arose and boom, he was baptized. I mean, that's amazing. Then, uh, so when he had uh, received food and was strengthened, then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus and immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. And then all who heard were amazed and said, like, is, is this not he who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem? Like what's going on here? And he has come here for that same purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priest. But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. I mean, dude, it's amazing. You want to honor God? Make sure that you make plans with God's guidance, not your own. Number two, make plans with others and not alone. And number three, make plans without compromising. Make plans about compromise. This, this is the moment that changes Saul's entire trajectory for his life. For the very first time, his plan and God's plans have a line. God told him, that's it. I'm going to use you to preach Jesus all around the world. And he became one of the 
greatest missionaries for the church of all time. I mean, he, God was doing something absolutely brand new. And what I, I, what I love, I love how the Bible puts the, the responses of the people. They're just like, is that Saul? Like, whoa, 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 didn't he, wasn't he here to arrest the Christians? And now he's a Christian? Whoa, how does that work, right? I mean, the same people that he was persecuting become his brothers and sisters in Christ. And the people that were his allies are completely confused. Like, I thought you were a fair, whoa, whoa, whoa what, what, what is going on? How can, be this, how can this be the same person? It didn't matter what people said. Saul wasn't about to start compromising. Why? Because he was given the greatest gift, this joy that can only come from a savior, right? And he wasn't about to start compromising because some people were like, oh yeah, you know, like, no, no, no. He was so full of joy, that doesn't even phase him. Look at what Psalm 119 says in your notes. It says, joyful are people of integrity who follow the instruction of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. And you could underline this, tattoo this to yourself, whatever you want. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his paths. I mean, Saul realized a very, very important thing, that Jesus could have taken them out like that, right? I mean, look at his, you know his track record? I mean, give me a break. The guy was like ridiculous, And what does Jesus do? Jesus does what he always does and what he's done for you and what he's done for me. He shows him grace. He shows him an unconditional love that he does not deserve, but Jesus showed it to him anyway. And that same fire that he had to like go destroy Christianity was now saving people for Christ's sake. Incredible. Well, if you don't know, just in case, Saul of Tarsus, his name gets changed. And he becomes the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul goes on to write the majority of the New Testament that we read every single day. And he preaches, he was the first one to preach Jesus, not only to the Jewish people, but to the Gentiles, like us. And it's because of his ministry that we are here today reading his words and reading his testimony. And if God can do that with Saul, what could your life look like? Church, what could your life look like right now if you decided to stop playing games, if you stop compromising, right? Make no mistake, God has incredible plans for you, for you, for you, for you, for you right here in the front row, for all of you, for me. But can I be honest with you? Sometimes I don't believe it because I know myself and If I could be really honest, the last few years have been rough. Um, Maybe you've been in the last two years and you've been been fine. Hey, man, you know what? Praise God. Keep praying and keep doing it, you know? But it's been rough seeing my friends sick, seeing my friends literally pass away. I had a friend pass away this week, three, four days ago, passed away. And I don't know about you, but I'm just sitting there with God like, man, when is this going to be done with? You know what I mean? Like, and maybe I'm praying the wrong prayer. Maybe I'm asking the wrong questions. Instead of that, maybe what I should be asking is, am I really a follower of Jesus or not? Because 
If I compromise just because my, some of my coworkers are like, you know, bad influences, or I'm the only Christian in my family, so no, well, God, you know, I want to honor God, George, but fill in the blank. But you don't understand, this really tastes good, this really feels good, this, uh, there's, you know, there's all these little things that we can compromise with. Can I tell you something? Jesus didn't compromise while he walked to that cross. He didn't. He was hanging on that cross for me. Never compromised once. And, I've, and I for sure know this, he did not die on the cross so that we can compromise in our life. So the question is, are you a follower of Jesus or not? Because can I tell you, the worst place to live is right in the middle of that. Like, oh, yeah, 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 no, I'm sold out for Jesus. But my friends are pretty cool too, you know? Like, oh, you know, there's nothing wrong with having friends, the right friends. No, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to honor God. I'm, I'm no compromise this year, George. I'm, I'm going for it. But whoa, 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 hey, what's up, girl? It's the worst place to live. You're living this double life and it's going to destroy you. God could have easily taken all of us out, but he said, you know what? I've got a plan. And my plan is a rescue mission. And I'm going to rescue each and every person in this room and in this world, whether they curse me or not, whether they believe in me or not. Jesus died for them too because he had to rescue us, because he had to rescue us from ourselves because we couldn't do it but we want to compromise. And it's, it seems so, so complicated. I mean, today, I'm going to speak on your behalf, okay? Today, it ends. Today, there's no more compromises. Today, you're going to stop playing games. Today is the day that you're going to commit your life to following God 100%. No matter what Fulano says, no matter what the toxic people in your life say, no matter what situation you find yourself in, you are not going to compromise anymore right now. That's it. Because he deserves it, doesn't he? He gave everything for us to be here. So I'm going to challenge you to, to surrender your plans for 2022 right now. I'm going to challenge you to let go of this imaginary steering wheel that, that you have no control over. Zero control. And I want, you to, I want you to invite Jesus into your life and into your heart. And it sounds very complicated because we love complicating the things of God. But let me break it down for you real, real quick. God is not mad at you. God is not judging you. God knows what you've done and doesn't hold that against you. He's not pointing his finger at every little mistake that you made. Even on the way to church, you made a mistake. Like, oh, put that on the tab, right? No, he sees all of that. But in his unconditional love, he sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross, to give his life, to take the judgment, to take the consequences, to take all of it so that we can have an abundant life so that we can live a life aligned to his will and that it wouldn't be a perfect life, but it's a life with him in the middle of it all the time. And all you have to do is believe that Jesus rose from the dead and he's the son of God and you will be saved. Will you be perfect? No, but you'll be saved. And my friends, I'll close with this. If you're like me in the last two years, you are exhausted. Whew, who's exhausted? Don't raise your hand. We know. We're all exhausted. And if you have kids, double bogey. I know. I'm sorry. I know. It's the worst. It's the worst. I want to ship mine out. I, I almost sold my kids on eBay last week. But anyway, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. 
But here's the thing. We can laugh, you know, but we're exhausted. You know why? Because we flipped Christianity completely upside down. When did Christianity turn into, I need to earn my way into heaven? Because that, you didn't understand the assignment, okay? That's not the way it works. Jesus earned your way to heaven. Jesus took it all so we can walk into heaven. Our salvation, our salvation doesn't come from how good we can become. No, I got to work on a couple things, but you, you know, God knows. No, no, that has nothing to do with it. God doesn't see you and your mistakes. All he sees is his son who lived a perfect life. And instead of trying to earn your way to heaven, just receive it. It's free. It's a free gift. All you have to do is accept it and receive it today. And maybe, church, maybe, just maybe, your plans will start aligning with God's plan this year. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. Because even in the midst of this crazy world, you still have a plan. And God, I just pray right now for every person in this room right now who feels exhausted, who feels like, I mean, like, what else is going to happen? You know, like how much more bad news can we, can we get? What is this year going to even entail? Father, would you help us in these moments to stop asking those questions and start believing that you have a greater plan and that you have everything under control, Father? God, would you remind us that as followers of Jesus, we're not going to have a perfect life, but a life with Jesus is a billion times better than a life without him. So right now, I just want to pray for every individual in this room right now. You know what keeps them up at night. You know what they're going through. You know what this entire world is going through right now. You know them one by one, God. And so, God, I just pray that you would bless their efforts, that today would be the day that they would stop compromising. Today would be the day that you would open their eyes like you opened Saul's eyes. Today would be the day that they would let go of the list of all the things that they've done that they think are separating them from you and that they would see with their eyes for the first time that your arms are open wide, waiting for them to come to you. So with every eye closed, every head bowed, if you're here and you're, that's it, you, you're throwing in the towel. I've done, George, I've done it all. I don't know what else to do. I am desperate. I'm at a dead end right now. I don't know what else to do. And you want to surrender not only 2022, but you want to surrender your life to the King of all kings, to the name of all names, the name of Jesus Christ that can forgive sins, that can heal, that can bring forgiveness, that can bring a plan that you've never had for your life. And with every eye closed and every head bowed, I want to pray for you. I want to to invite you to raise your hand in this place. Every eye closed, every head bowed, and I want to pray for you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. In the back, I see your hand. Maybe you're here and you... You just walked into this church and go, whoa, I thought that I knew who Jesus was. I thought I knew who God was, but man, I was totally wrong. And maybe you want to invite Jesus into your heart for the very first time and make him your Lord and Savior. Does that mean you're going to have a perfect life? No. But man, is it going to be so worth it. If that's you, if every eye closed, every head bowed, I want to invite you to please raise your hand. And I want to pray for you as well. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. I see you. More importantly, he sees you. Forget about me, he sees you. God, I thank you for every hand that got raised in this place, every decision that was made right now to walk in your direction, not the opposite direction, God. God, I pray that you would empower every single person in this room with the peace, the strength, the long-suffering, all of that that we need 
because this world is falling apart, God, but this is not surprising you at all, God. And your plans are higher, your ways are greater than anything that we could ever do for ourselves. So teach us, God. Teach us to make plans that honor you. Teach us to align our plans with you, God. And right now, if you prayed that, if, you, if you're about to pray this prayer, God, um, this is not a magic formula. This is just between you and him, something very personal. And the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So we're going to repeat a prayer. And don't worry about the people next to you. Don't worry about them. Don't compromise this moment. We're all going to pray this out loud. And if you pray this in sincerity and believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose from the grave, you shall be, be saved. So let's all pray this out loud together, encouraging one another. And repeat after me. Say, Dear God, I come to you today. And I say that I'm sorry for the mistakes I've made, for the sin in my life. I believe that Jesus gave his life so I can have mine. And I want to follow him all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, everyone says, Amen. Come on. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If today you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. It's one of the best decisions you've ever made. And we as a church want to help you with your next steps. You see, we have a free gift we'd like to give you. And in order for you to receive that gift, all you have to do is visit mycalvary.com forward slash begin. Don't forget to tune in next week for our next podcast. God bless you.